there's no surprise, we are still in the book of Galatians. We're going to talk about goodness this morning. Does anybody have Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26 memorized yet? I welcome you to stand and share if you do. If not, I will read it off of this iPad. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one, one another, envying one another. So, as I was preparing this message, I thought, I honestly considered skipping goodness because kindness and goodness to me were just one. And that didn't feel right. So I didn't skip goodness. But it caused me to uh, look up the Greek word for goodness. And the Greek word for goodness is agathosune. It's five syllables. Can we say it? Agathosune. Ready? Agathosune. One more time. Agathosune. I'm still in VBS mode, so we can clap the syllables. Agathosune. One more time. Agathosune. That was fun. One more time. Agathosune. Okay. I'm going to call on you all to say it again, so remember. Here we go. Agathosune. All right. So, the Greek word agathosune is translated goodness, and it is defined as uprightness of heart and life. Agathosune is goodness for the benefit of others, not goodness simply for the sake of being virtuous. So someone with agathosune, <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm no Greek scholar, that's for sure. Someone with agathosune will selflessly act on behalf of others. Did I say selfishly or selfless, selflessly? Someone with agathosune will selflessly act on behalf of others. Confronting someone about sin in their life demonstrates goodness, this agathosune. So does giving to the poor or feeding the hungry or cleaning up a hurricane disaster or praying, visiting the sick, praying for an enemy. Um, as we confront people about sin, though, we need, to, we need to first analyze sin in our own lives. And I really wasn't going to touch on this, but this morning at, at uh, Sunday school, we talked, about, we talked about certain sin and how we hold, we hold some sin on such a pedestal and it, and it can create anger in us. And then other sin is just kind of, eh, it's down here. So we first need to acknowledge before we confront anybody about any sin that we, too, are sinful. So when we confront somebody with sin, we need to do it very lovingly, as Jesus did for, say, the woman at the well. Just confront with love. So these are, these are ways in which we can show goodness to others. Goodness is not a quality that we can manufacture on our own. In James chapter 1, verse 17 says... Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. This certainly includes a life characterized by goodness. In letting the Holy Spirit control us, we are blessed with the fruit of goodness. 
As others see our good works, they will praise our Father in heaven. And this morning, where's Crystal? Where are you at? She's not in here. Children's Church. Well, she said Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 was her favorite verse, and or one of her favorite verses, and that's where we're going next. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are a light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples here and he's saying, go and do good works and shine a light and be a light to the people. Be a light to everyone you encounter. And he's, in, he's, he's, he's encouraged them to do good works so that others might see the Father through their actions. So what does this mean for us? What are we to do with this information? Where do we begin? And to think about a light, we are a light to the world. Well, the world is a, a great big place. I mean, there's, I don't know how many people are here right now, probably 170. That's a lot of people. And you think about the world, there's 8 billion people in the world. So how are we to be a light to the entire world? Well, we start at home. That's where we, we're at home most often. We are to be a light to each other, our wife, our children, our, our uh distant family, but right now I want to talk about husbands and wives who are both believers. Okay, so who's married in here? Okay, congratulations. <laughs> Whenever you got married, if you all are Christians, which I hope you are, you entered a lifelong discipleship relationship. Y'all, you all ever think about that? Okay, who said yeah? Who was that? little Tucker. So, you've entered a lifelong discipleship relationship. You are called to be a light to one another. Just because we get married, we can't, and, and this, is, this is my tendency as well, our home is our most important ministry, but sometimes we fall, it's the easiest place to become complacent also and just fall into the sin of spiritual laziness, and uh, we must repent of that because it's, it's the place that where God, God has given us a wife, God has given us children, and we have to be a light to our wife or our husband and our children. So your home is where your walk with Jesus should be flourishing. Does anybody remember the Greek word? Five syllables. All right, let's say it again. Agathosune. Okay. Remember, it's the goodness for the benefit of others, not goodness simply for the sake of being virtuous. So we must serve one another. We must respect one another. We must love one another. We should be studying together. We should be praying together. We should be teaching our children about the Lord together. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. I've heard Mary Harold say this 10 times. Nope, wrong verse. I'm sorry. I'll get you later, Mary. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So husbands and wives should be sharpening, Christian husbands and wives should be sharpening one another. What if your husband or wife is not saved, but you are? Well, Scripture addresses this also. And let us remember Matthew chapter 5, the reading from before. Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
So if our, if our spouse is not saved, the saved spouse needs to be a beacon of light and hope and goodness to the lost spouse. So show the love of Jesus to them and do your best to explain the things of Jesus. Show the love of Jesus to them and, and, just, and just show goodness, okay? You're married to this person. Don't lose hope. But just because we show our light to our lost spouse doesn't mean that it's always going to save that spouse. And, and, it, and it's the same for evangelism in general. If we share our faith, not everybody that we share with is going to be saved. But 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14 says, For the, believing, the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. This means that your spouse can benefit from your holiness, so be a light to them. But like I said, this is not a guarantee. But this is the charge. If, if we marry and we're not equally yoked, we are to be a light to our spouse that is not saved. And this, this little section of this is probably a whole other sermon, but I kind of I, I dove into this a little bit and I thought there's so much divorce and there's so much separation. If I could give any encouragement to marriage and married people, I wanted to do it. So I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but I just want to keep sharing a little bit more about, about lost spouses. So our spouse can benefit from our holiness, but it's not a guarantee that they'll be saved. The same with evangelism. And verse 15 says, But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister, the saved spouse, is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So to summarize this passage, I would say to husbands and wives that are Christians who, who don't have saved spouses, do what you can to be a light to them. Show your goodness, share your faith, be an encouragement to them. But, but the scripture says... If, if your spouse, you know, especially if you're in a, a, a not good relationship, don't, we don't get divorced just for no reason. There's, there's biblical reasons for divorce, but the passage says, if, if your spouse is not saved, let it be so, which is, it's a hard verse. That's a hard verse to, to, to hear, but that's what it says. So I wanted to give a warning to single people. We have any single people of marriage, marriage age? in here because heed this warning before marrying make sure you are equally yoked with another believer okay remember who, who are we laughing at Dale calm down you're married you've been married forever okay so single people heed this warning before marrying make sure you're equally yoked with another Christian if you're a Christian you marry another Christian we don't we don't want to rush into things. Remember patience from a few weeks ago? You are setting yourself up for a disaster if you marry a non-believer. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't come to faith later, but don't risk that. Find a Christian before marriage so that things go well for you. You'll save yourself much heartache by waiting. So husbands and wives with children. Um, what's your name back there? Josh. Here's the photo portion of this service. I've got a couple pictures I want to share with you all. I'm sure I sometimes bore you all, so at least you'll get to look at some fun pictures. There's my family, okay? 
So husbands and wives with children, congratulations. Congratulations. You have entered yet another lifelong discipleship relationship, or several, if you have several children. So our family is our first and primary ministry. Now, Mary Harold, here you go. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So our family relationships are, you can leave those pictures up there. Sorry, I gave you too much information, Josh. Just go with the pictures for now. So our families are our primary ministry. Those people, those three people right there, are the people that I spend the most time with. And it is my responsibility as a Christian husband to minister to my wife and to Sims and to Parker. And it's tough because why is our family relationship the toughest? Because they, we live with them. We see them all the time. We, they see, we, we get to see the good, the bad, the ugly of everything. It's, it's truly an authentic relationship. Like you see the sin of your wife, you see the sin of your children, and they see the sin that you have. So um, go to the next picture. That's not the right one. Go to the next 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 one. Now, that is one of the people that I have to attempt to disciple. Okay? You know? Sometimes it's hard. Look at him. I'm just trying to sit in a chair and relax. And he comes around the corner with that thing. I don't even know what it is. I don't know where he found it. I didn't even know we owned it. Yet there he is. He looks like, I don't know, I need to be kind. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that picture because I knew it would get a laugh. Okay, hit, hit me with another one. There's another goofy picture of Parker. And go back to the one with Sims if you can. Anyways, th there we go. These are the people, these are my primary charge. They're my, my, my primary ministry is within the bounds of my house. Okay, so we need to train our children up in the way they should go. Even when they're old, they will not depart from it. So as we do this, and our home life is challenging, we need to pray for holiness, and we need to pray for sanctification, and we need to do good works inside our home, and we need to serve our children, and we do not need to spoil our children, and we do not need to enable our children. Okay, so as we take care of our home ministry first, we have a front door to our house and we go out that front door and who's there? Neighbors. We have neighbors all around us. There's people everywhere. Okay. So flip through some, some photos again. I'll tell you when to stop. All right. Stop right there. That, that boy right there was on my little league or I don't know what league it was, some baseball team. And he just has a bright personality and he, uh, I don't know, we just connected, he and I. And he asked one day, hey, can, I think he said, can Sims come over to our house? His name's Cardi. He's actually been here before. Um, and he'll be back, but he was just a boy that entered my life and he was fun. And next thing you know, he spent, he just kept spending a lot of time at our house and he became like family. And then because of that, his family became like family. And so there are certain people that God places in our life that he does for a reason. And Cartier was, was one for me that he's a neighbor, not a physical neighbor, but he, everyone is our neighbor. So God placed him on my baseball team for a, re for a purpose, 
and we've just had a we've had a bright connection since then. All right, give me some more photos. There it is again with Parker. Him and Parker are big buddies. Him and Sam sometimes don't mesh real well. All right, right there. So we encounter many people on a daily and weekly basis. People at work. That's Russ. His name is Russ. And uh, this was actually on the Graves Road Bridge up here, if that looks familiar to you. But in a lot of ways, I failed sharing my sharing Jesus specifically, sharing the gospel message with Russ. But somebody else came along behind me and did well with it. But during this the time this photo was taken, Russ was going through a divorce and he was trying to find a place for his son and himself to live and and he's just going through a hard time and and I just listened to him that's all I, I just listened and tried to give him sound biblical advice like hey you, what you're doing is honorable and and try not to get he was he was he was just going through a lot and then we actually took this picture because he was trying to rent a house uh, and I knew the people that owned the house so I was trying to prove to him like hey I know this guy he's he's good to go he look he has a job so uh just i'm just sharing these things to show like if how to be a light in the world this is just a guy i was working with at the time and i just tried to help guide him through this tough process and somebody else i work with actually did the legwork of sharing the gospel with him and he ended up coming to to church with us and he was he's moved away from springfield now but um him and his son mesa his full custody of his son now and and they're attending church down in london so just as we encounter people, we need to be aware, like, let's not, you know, I don't really want to hear about your divorce right now. I want, I'm just here to work. Do not do that. You know, show goodness to people that you encounter. People at work, neighbors we live beside, old friends, new friends, saved people, lost people. God calls us to be a light to all, all people. So share your faith boldly with them and find ways to share your testimony. And tell people how, how God brought you from death to life. We have a story. If we're saved by God, we have a story. So we need to be sharing the story. And people might laugh at you. People might think what you're sharing is the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard. Well, that's okay. They might laugh and make fun of you. Do it anyways. Just do it anyways. What do you have to lose? I was listening to a pastor the other day, and he said, what, do you, what is God asking you to do? Well, if he's asking you to do it, do it. You're going to be dead in 70 years anyways. What difference does it make? Do what God tells you to do and don't be ashamed about it. So our aim is to please God, not man. And remember that we're performing for an audience of one. So if, we, if we're scared to share because somebody's going to persecute us or, or make fun of us or whatever, just keep in mind that you're only trying to please the Lord and no one else. And if you're laughed at or reviled for being a light to people, your, your reward is great in heaven, says Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verse, verses 11 through 12. Don't take those pictures down yet. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were born before you. So God's saying, look, share me. People laugh and revile you. When you leave this earth, your reward is going to be even greater. So, we've taken care of our homes where ministry is primary and the most difficult all at the same time. And we've walked out of our front door and we've gone to work and we've shared with others. All right, give me a, give me a picture. All right, that's, that's another work picture. That's the last day I was working on that cattle farm before I went and worked for Heather. And this, 
this group, everybody in that picture is a Christian. So we all just, we were showing goodness the best we could to each other all the time. And uh, Eveline, are you here today? That's Carlton Shoemaker on the, on the right over there. Eveline went to school with Carlton in Mackville, Kentucky. So uh, that was a good group because we all were sharpening each other to the best of our ability on a daily basis. And it's hard to find a place where everybody that you work with is a Christian, and that was one of them. So, so we leave our homes, and we go out into the world, and we encounter people at work and, and church and, and Walmart and all that. But what about the nations? You know, What about the rest of the world where we're not actually in contact with, with people? Remember, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we are light to the world in our homes, to our wives and our children, to our neighbors and our friends, to people at work, to people we do not know, and to the nations. Now, to the nations is complicated because we are here and they are there. So how do we become a light of the world to the nations? There's a couple ways we can give resources, mainly money, to the nations. We can pray for the nations and we can go to the nations. Can I get a photo? Okay, that was a good one. So this is us in Tanzania. There was a group of 20 of us, and we did a VBS at that school. I don't know how many students. It was, it was there, as you can see by the toboggan. I don't know what y'all call toboggans here. Do y'all call toboggans toboggans? Okay. That little boy's wearing a toboggan because it's wintertime there, and uh, it was like 70 degrees, and they were all freezing to death. But we, just, we did the exact same thing that we do for VBS here. We just show up and share the gospel and have fun and share fun stories and agatha sune and uh it was great but we had to be intentional it you know it takes a little bit of time and money to get to tanzania so um before i was saved i, I didn't have any i had no desire to ever leave the united states for travel I'm, why would you there there's everything that you could ever want is here Beautiful landscapes out west, oceans and beaches and all that. But when I was saved, that all changed. And once I started to understand missions and the fact that we're supposed to be a light to our home and our neighbors around home and anybody we encounter and to the nations, my desire for travel changed quite a bit. So on this trip, we got to travel to, from the United States to Qatar, which is in Asia to Kilimanjaro. So I got to step foot on two new continents and um, to, to be a light. Of course, we weren't in Qatar very long. So, and Qatar is really dangerous. So uh, hard to be a light at the airport in 10 hours. But um, yeah, th this is just one way that, that I've gotten to, to go so far. And not everybody is called to go, like physically go but we can all pray and we can all give. Let me see another photo. So this little girl right here, her name was Faith and uh, that's her mom beside her. And I don't, she was just, she sp her, her English was very well. She spoke English very well. So we connected 
pretty easily. Let me see another photo. That little piece of paper said faith. We were we were putting together a uh, a Bible passage, and they were piecing them together. And she grabbed that piece of paper. and She said, "Faith, that's my name." And we just connected. It made me laugh. So I wanted to share that picture with you. So to go to the nations, uh, it should be it should be on our mind. And when I came here to Bellevue, or as the process was happening, my old church was planning a trip to Australia, and a couple of my really close friends are going. They said, Tink, you should go to Australia. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to Bellevue. <laughs> and my pastor friend said, uh, you know, if you think you're going to Bellevue, you should just go on and commit to the trip so that Dale can't tell you that you can't go. And I said, I see, that's a good idea. So I did. And they also said, if you actually think you're going to get hired at Bellevue, you should find somebody to go with you. And... Um, I had like a five day window to find somebody. And I asked Dale and he said he didn't want to go. He didn't have much interest. In so, so we had the search committee meeting here like during that five day window and Paula was on the, on the uh, search committee and she was talking about how she does this ESL tutoring or mentoring or whatever um, up in Florence. So I could tell that her mind was on the nations and she most likely had a heart for the nation. So I asked Paula, Paula, do you want to go to Australia? She said, I need, it costs a lot of money. I need a couple days to think about that. I got, you know, I need to talk to my husband. And uh, long story short, we're going with um, a group from our old, my old church to Australia coming up soon. So if you want to pray or give to that trip, that would be great. You don't have to go. But uh, I just wanted to share some of this stuff, some of this nation stuff, because Sometimes it doesn't seem like a possibility to be able to go, but it, as you can see by these pictures, it's, it, it's really not that hard. Right? We, know, we know people that can get us to these places. We have money to get us to these places. And when you get there, the experience is amazing. And I, there's not a day goes by that I don't think about that trip and many, many, many of the people that I met on that trip. So, so you, go, you go to these places to show Agathasune, is anybody, can anybody say it? But what you receive while you're there is Agathasune. Like you are the goodness. We traveled, I don't know, like 8,000 miles and it was, uh, it was an overwhelming experience. So, so I just want to give a charge and say, don't view the Great Commission as a burden. View it as an invitation to go on a grand adventure for the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So if we are saved, we hold a great treasure on our hand, in our hand. We hold the message of the gospel, and we are to deliver it inside of our homes, out our front door to our neighbors, and in Africa and in India and in China, and all these places we see on the news and all these places we, we hear about and read about, we are to go. First off, we need to have Agathasune right in our home. Then we need to have it outside of our home and everywhere we go, we need to be a light of the world to everywhere we go. So God did a good work for us in first creating the world and everything in it. And then he sent his son Jesus to save us from our sin as we talked about all morning this morning. 
So we should do good for the benefit of others. We should be a light in a dark place for the benefit of someone else. And I, I just, as I was listening to that pastor I mentioned earlier, he, he said, what would you do for the glory of God if you knew that it would not fail? Who would you show goodness to? Who would you share your faith to if you knew that it would not fail? Okay. And then think about what has God, who has God placed in your life to share with? Who are the people that you encounter on a regular basis that you have not yet opened your mouth and, and shared your testimony with or shared a bit of goodness that they have never seen before? Who, who is that person in your life? And are you doing it? So what would you do for the glory of God if you knew it wouldn't fail? What has God asked you to do and are you doing it? And he, and he, he put all that, he glued all that together with Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. It says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So wherever we go, whether it's work or church or home or to the nations, Whatever we do, we need to work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And remember, we're performing for an audience of one, and we are to share the gospel to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, and we need to travel overseas and share the gospel, and we need to live for the gospel, and we need to die running the race for the gospel. So we need to share our faith, and we need to be a light to the world right where we stand and everywhere we go. Agatha Sune. Agatha Sune. Louder. Agatha Sune. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Okay, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I am thankful for the goodness that you show us, and I'm thankful for the message, and I'm thankful that VBS went well, and we're seeing faces here from there, and that. Uh, you tell us to have a childlike faith. And when we do silly things like clap and smile and laugh, uh, you're lifted up and you're glorified and it just makes everything better. So as we leave here, just remind us that life is short. And if we can have a childlike faith and show your goodness and show your love and show your mercy to other people, that they could possibly come to faith and their life could be dramatically and radically changed. And I just want to invite anybody up to the altar this morning to ask any questions about about the gospel or about goodness or about what it means to start your walk of faith start their walk of faith with you just have them come forward this morning or have them contact me this week or just give them the boldness to ask questions that they need to ask and i pray these things in jesus mighty name amen